This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, August 28th, 2019. And of course, there's a lot of news out there today, and the market had a good day today. It's been churning sideways now for most of the month of August. What does that mean? Does it does it mean anything? Well, well, I'll talk about it a little bit more. And of course, you know, we got the yield curve inverting again, and then coming back, and we got economic reports coming out. And, you know, the market's up and down, sideways, just normal stuff. Nothing crazy yet. Now, it may not get crazy. I'm not even, I'm not even saying I'm not saying it will. But it doesn't stay calm. It doesn't go sideways, even though the sideways movement is pretty uh, volatile on a day-to-day basis. But basically, the market is moving sideways. It doesn't move sideways for long. It's going to break one way or the other. I'm Steve Peasley. And I thank you for joining me today. And I hope you will call as well with all your investing questions, anything financial, any questions you have concerning financial issues, I'll be happy to talk about. And I'm going to give you my take on the market, my take on anything, uh, any, any uh, what's going on in uh, both the bond market, the stock market, and, and economics going around everywhere in the world, mostly here in the United States is where I really focus my attention. So I'll be happy to talk to you about that. And this whole effort is to help you move forward, grow your money, and become financially free, whatever it means to you. I don't want to bore you with that. I talk about it every day, but you need to be financially free. You need to be able to get to a point where the money works for you instead of you working for it and pays you enough that you can live off it and not have to go to work every day. And Or if you do go to work every day, it's because you want to, not because you have to. I want to get you to the point where you get to make that decision. So that's what this show is all about. And of course, to do that, I answer questions. And you need to call to ask those questions. The number is 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, quickly, I want to let you know that my no-cost portfolio consultation date for tomorrow is packed. I can't take another person. Uh, I'm worried that I won't, you know, my voice won't hold up. That's what I'm really worried about. So, uh, tomorrow's packed. And then, of course, you know my... New York date is packed. Um, I do have slots on my next time in San Jose, which will be October 10th. I'll be in New York with on, the, on the 7th of November because the October date in New York is full. So November 7th in New York and in San Jose the 10th, if you want to meet with me. And please register early. Get your best times. You know, get his best. You know, you get it in because they fill up. My main talking point today concerns the story, the seven Social Security myths that can prove dangerous to your financial well-being. I'm probably not going to be able to get to all seven of them, and I picked the top three that I want to talk about, so at least we'll get to the three, but those, these are myths about Social Security that people believe that are not true. It's kind of interesting, I think. I got some other stuff. I am going to give a quick list of all, you know, the sectors, the, all the sector ETFs for the S&P 500. An ETF 
sector ETF for every sector in the S&P 500. And there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 11, 11 of them. Okay. Also, I'm going to um, talk about a survey of 60-year-olds and what their regrets or what the dangers are that they feel. They feel what their regrets are dangers to them being 60 years old. And finally, looking for solid dividend payers, looking for stocks that will pay solid dividends and what really you should avoid. In other words, if you're looking for dividends, you have to avoid certain things. I got three things I listed that you need to watch out for when you're trying to buy the, even the blue chips that pay solid dividends, what you need to look for in those things. So I'm going to talk about that. Those are the things I'm going to discuss. But of course, you come first. What's on your mind? What do you guys want to talk about? Anything financial, we'll talk about. The market was up today, pleasantly up today. The Dow was up 258 points, the NASDAQ up 30, and the S&P up 19. So it's not a bad day. Remember yesterday, it started up in the morning, and then it fell and closed down by the end of the closing. Well, today, it opened up, up and just slowly got stronger. So that's what happened today. So those are the things we're going to talk about, everybody. But now let's take a question from our anytime listener line number, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen Justin. Big fan of the show. Just wondering, trying to get my head around valuation. So I want to invest in some dividend stocks, and I want a little help understanding how PE and EBITDA and earnings per share and all, all that all comes together to point towards a good dividend stock as opposed to maybe a more risky one. Thanks. I'll take the answer off the air. Okay. That's a very good question. If you're looking for dividend stocks, try not to just look at, try not to focus on the yield, the amount of money they're paying. Because the higher the yield, the more dangerous it is usually. So you have to, so how do, how do you know what that would be? And we've talked about it before. One of the main things you want to look at is what's called the payout ratio. And so that means look at how much of the money that they earn do they pay out in a dividend on a percentage basis. So if they earned a dollar per share last year, how much did they pay out of that dollar? If it was 60 cents, that's a 60% payout ratio. That's how that works. And what you're looking for is around 60% or less. Why that number? Why why not 70? Why not 80? Why not 90? Well, if you're looking for a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, it would always be 90. That's how they're set structured. They have to pay out 90. But a regular dividend paying stock, you use 60 because you want them to retain some of that money to grow the company, to replace outdated facilities or software or buy, build a new factory. You need them to retain some money. You want them to, to continue to. So that's what you're looking for. You're looking at, you also want to look for a really good return on equity, return on assets. We like the high teens, 16, 17, 18 or higher as a percentage. It's another good number to look at for you know, uh, for a solid company. And dividends, you want longevity of them paying. You want to look back and they paid dividends of 10 years and they've increased their dividends. 
over those years. You want that kind of thing. The percent that they pay out to you, if it's eight, nine, ten percent, that's usually mean that translates usually into higher risk. That's what that usually translates into. So then you got to figure that out. There's no one cool rule to apply. It never is in any of this stuff. Thanks for the call. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and let me remind you that the Invest Talk radio program and the podcast replays provide a daily dose of market news with unbiased commentary by me and Justin. And we have a fairly new offering, Invest Talk Academy, that Justin taught today, that was on currencies today. Currencies. That's an online training class covering a wide variety of financial investment subjects. In-depth, by the way. You can learn more at investtalkacademy.com. Investtalkacademy.com. We're headed into the break, and I'm taking your questions. 888-99-CHART. Welcome to Wednesday. This is Invest Talk, and now more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve Peasley is here today, but tomorrow Steve will be up in San Jose conducting his no-cost portfolio review consultations, and Justin Klein will be here hosting Invest Talk. Justin's special guest will be real estate expert Chevy Ackeson. So tell your friends, be listening tomorrow, and have your real estate portfolio questions ready. But now, Steve is here. He's got answers, but he needs your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's look at some uh, benchmark numbers. Two-year treasury was at 1.49%. 10-year, remember the inversion is a 2 and a 10. And if the two-year pays more than the 10, then the yield is inverted. Yield curve is inverted, and that usually leads to a recession. So the two-year is 1.49, the 10-year is at 1.44. So they are inverted. Not by much, but they are inverted. So that was as of this morning, by the way. A five basis point spread. But, you know, many experts will agree that this will not have a radical effect on market until the curve has been inverted for a period of several months. So it's not always just now it's inverted, therefore, oh my goodness, no. It, it could take months, take months, and it has to stay there. And there is an argument that um, maybe, and I'm not sure if I buy into this argument or not, but maybe because the Fed and the rates are so low and the Fed and all the other, other governments around the world, the, you know, all the other uh, 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 banks, central banks around the world are interfering with market forces that this inversion of our inversion is is just not normal. Well, it's not normal because it's inverted, but I mean, the fact that it got to an inversion is not normal. Because who invests in bonds in Germany or Finland or some of those other European countries when they have to pay for the privilege to, to lend your own money to the government? You have to pay them to lend them money. Well, who's going to do that? Would you much rather have a 10-year treasury note in the U.S. that actually pays you money? See that? So they draw it. All that demand is driving that 10-year down. Anyways, the 30-year bond yield, the 30-year bond yield at 1.907. 1.907. Gold is at 1544 an ounce. 
And oil was priced at $56 a barrel. And there was a greater drawdown than expected. 10 million barrels were taken from storage. That means the demand was a little bit higher. Gasoline on average is, on average is $2.68 per gallon. And lucky you people who get to pay around that number because that ain't happening here in California. It's a dollar plus more. More than a dollar more. By Thanksgiving, seasonality pricing should return. While demand for gasoline goes down. Because the summer driving period is over, right? Experts are now predicting that states like Oklahoma, Texas, South Carolina can expect gas prices under $2 per gallon. That will never happen in California. It's just not. Our taxes are way too high. I think they added 11, 12, 13 cents a gallon this year in taxes. Added. Not have 13 cents a gallon. Added. Expensive. Disney has announced it is dropping the cost of its Disney Plus streaming service to only $4 per month. But there is a catch. The catch, you've got to agree to at least a two-year Disney Plus commitment. The Disney Plus Founders Circle deal essentially gives you one year of the service free if you pay for two years. It works out to be about $140.97 total or the equivalent of $3.92 a month, compared with a $7 per month price if you don't make a long-term commitment. Hmm, that's pretty cheap. Disney was uh, at $134 per share. The Disney Plus discount offer has further added to concerns about how much Apple can realistic charge for its upcoming Apple TV streaming video service. I think Disney has the edge here because they have a ton of content that they already have available. Apple doesn't have content. They have to buy it, right? They have to buy it or they got to make it. This is Invest Talk, and I understand that many of you might feel the urgent need to get your portfolio in shape, and that's normal. But please do not worry. You are not in this alone. And Invest Talk and KPP Financial, we want to help you reach your goal of financial freedom. So feel free to contact me or Justin Klein anytime at KPP Financial in Irvine. That's Irvine, California. And now I am taking your financial investment questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Talk. Summer is moving fast. And your path to financial freedom begins with the right strategy. You've got questions? Steve and Justin have answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hello, guys. This is Kent in Arlington, Texas. I'm calling about Albemarle Corporation, stock symbol ALB. It's a big chemical producer that produces lithium for lithium batteries. And right now, apparently, the lithium market is in the tank and, and way oversupplied, which has caused this price of this company to go down. And it has some really good numbers on it right now from what I can see. It's a dividend growth stock that's payout ratios around 24 or 25, and it's been raising this dividend for 25 years. And I'm just wondering, is this a, a time that you might start looking at it to, 
pick it up. They their cash flow negative now, but they've stated they're going to lower their cap X over the next few years and become cash flow positive in 2021. And so I'm wondering what y'all think. All right, my friends. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Well, it's a good, solid company, Albemarle Corporation, uh, symbol ALB, makes polymer additives, catalysts, and fine chemicals for the refining, consumer electronics, and other markets. So it's also attached to the oil industry because of that. So you got both things working against you, and that's why the stock has fallen, you know, pretty hard from over $140 in 2017 to now it's at the 60 so all year it's been falling, falling, falling. And meanwhile, the numbers do look pretty impressive. I mean, they're going to make $6.31 this year. That's 15% more than last year. And another 4% increase next year, according to the numbers. To $6.58, and this is a $59 stock. So that's going to make it, what, a 9 PE? And the five-year range is 11 to 34. So it's going to be below its range. Return equity is 17%. Cash flow is pretty strong. You know, they don't have a lot of debt. They pay a 2.5% dividend. So, I think it's really good that you have this on your radar because I think it's a good, solid company. But it's still falling. I want you to wait till it has a recovery. Wait till it peaks up a little bit, maybe above its... Maybe above his ten or twenty day moving average. If it gets a gets a, if it gets above one of those those averages, then at least you know it stopped falling for the time being. Doesn't mean it can't go turn around and keep falling down, but you know I think your your timing is just off a little bit. You're too early. Just be patient. Be patient. It's hard to be sometimes. Trust me, I know, because I have to be patient too. But I think if you be patient, you might get it at a better price. You want to buy it on strength. Any stock, you want to buy it on some strength, not just weakness. Some strength. Okay. My main talking point today concerns a story about Social Security myths. Okay, there are myths about there what people believe that are not true. How about this one? Illegal immigrants collect Social Security. Not true. Okay? Illegal immigrants don't collect Social Security. What is true is citizenship is not required to collect Social Security. But you still have rules. They must be lawfully present in the United States and pay into the Social Security system for at least 10 years, just like anybody else, just like any other citizen. They have to be lawfully in the country and pay into the system at least 10 years. Just because you're an illegal immigrant doesn't mean you get to collect Social Security. A lot of people think that they do. And number two, there's never been a place Social Security money goes to protect it. Well, the government, it does go into a separate account, Social Security account. But Treasury, the Treasury Department, that we have, will issue a bond and take the money out of there and use the money and spend it. Now issue a bond back to the to the system. But so there is a special account. It's just not it's not a lockbox or something. But think about it this way: the Treasury pays interest for borrowing that money on out of the Social Security. So it actually makes money when they do that. 
Number three, Social Security is not going bankrupt. It's not going bankrupt. Everybody talks like, oh, it's going to go bankrupt because we're running out of money. It can't go bankrupt. Now, it has always been set up as a pay-as-you-go system. When they first started Social Security, they didn't have years of collecting Social Security benefits before. Now, when they passed that law, people collected Social Security right away. People paid Social Security to pay those people collecting Social Security. It's a pay-as-you-go and always has been. Now, what they're talking about is by the year 2035, the money in that separate account and the IOUs, the bonds that are in there, will go to zero. But they will not go bankrupt. Now, if nothing is done, nothing is done after that, they'll only be able to pay 76% of Social Security benefits after that if they don't do anything to correct the shortfall. But it's not going bankrupt. Everybody, anytime you hear it on TV, oh, come on. It's not. It's a government program that the government funds. Unless <laughs> the government goes bankrupt. Anyways. In 1979, in 1789, the Department of Treasury was established by an act of Congress to manage federal government re- revenue for the, the new United States of America. The first Secretary of Treasury was Alexander Hamilton. But now, as we go to break, here's my financial trivia question. Who was the Secretary of Treasury during the Civil War? Hint, when you hear his name, you'll think it was uh, famous for some other reason. Okay? So, that's who was the Secretary of Treasury during the Civil War. 888-99-CHART. Give me a call. I'll be right back. Your typical workday can be very busy. Assignments, appointments, responsibilities, obligations. Sometimes you start early and end late. For that reason alone, you may already be looking to the future, to a period when your money, your accumulated assets are working for you and ultimately creating financial freedom. There are many voices suggesting financial planning services, but there's one company, one firm, that offers a balanced variety of strategically designed investment plans. One firm that applies decades of experience to enable a client personalized collaboration. One firm that can show you how to optimize an investment portfolio that fits your lifestyle objectives and risk tolerance limitations. One firm that speaks with a clear, logical, and unbiased voice. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com. This is Invest Talk, and tomorrow, Thursday, August 29th, Justin will be welcoming a returning guest expert to talk about real estate. His name is Chevy Ackerson, and Chevy is a leading real estate professional. So get your questions ready. Chevy Ackerson will be here tomorrow. And now Steve Beasley is here taking your calls and questions live. 888-99-CHART. Okay, before the break, I asked this market trivia question. Who was the Secretary of Treasury during the Civil War? First, a brief historical note. The Department of Treasury, established in 1789, remains the premier financial institution of the United States. 1789. The Treasury prints all paper currency and mints all coins in circulation. The Treasury collects all federal taxes through the IRS. 
It manages U.S. government debt instruments, the bonds, and has other important financial duties that it's supposed to do. Now, during the Civil War, which transpired between 1861 and 1864, remember the Treasury was established in 1789, 1789, so 1861 to 1864, Abraham Lincoln appointed a political rival named Salmon P. Chase as Secretary of the Treasury. Later, to honor Chase for introducing the modern system of banknotes, the man was depicted on the $10,000 bill. Did you know there was a $10,000 bill? It was printed between 1928 and 1946. It's not printed anymore. Chase was also instrumental in placing the phrase, In God We Trust, on the United States coins. That was back in 1864. Now, here's the twist. Hearing the name Chase, you might think this fellow Samuel P. Chase founded Chase Bank. But you would be wrong. Chase National Bank, a predecessor of Chase Manhattan Bank, which is now J.P. Morgan Chase, was named in his honor. Though Salmon P. Chase had no affiliation with the bank. Any, any, none. But the bank was named in his honor. Isn't that interesting? I thought it was interesting. Come on, tell me if you think it's interesting. Or you can also tell me you don't like these little trivia questions and I'll stop doing them. Anyways, let's go to Sean in San Jose. How you doing, Sean? Doing great, Steve. Uh, thank you for your show. It's a really good show. Thank you. So I have, uh, I have a couple of questions. Uh, you know, um, uh, if, if you, uh, is it a good time to buy VMware and Boeing? Okay. Uh, let's take a look at VMware. Uh, VMware Inc. VMW is a symbol provides virtualization software enabling organizations to run multiple operating systems. They are a fifty-four billion dollar company. They make seven dollars and thirty. They're going to make seven dollars and thirty cents a share next year. They're going to make six dollars and fifty-four cents this year, uh, and that the, you know up three percent for this year, another up twelve percent next year. That's what they're scheduled to do. Sales growth is in the twelve percent, ten, twelve, sixteen percent area for the last two years, and the stock is one hundred thirty-two dollars. So that tells you it's not cheap. It's not cheap, but it's not. You know, it's like 19 PE, 18, 19 PE going forward. And that's not cheap. And even though it's fallen from $205 all the way down to 132 it still is kind of on the expensive side, Sean. So don't think it's, you know, oh, this is a good time because it's gone down so much and therefore it's cheap. No, it's not. It's still expensive. And they have a lot of debt. I think you got to be patient. I like VMware. I think they have great sales numbers and, and they, you know, earnings are going up, but they do carry a lot of debt. So they're not cheap and they have a lot of debt. So I'm going to wait. I suggest you wait for it to stop falling because it's still falling. I mean, it was up a little bit today, but, you know, it, for the last month, it was $155 about a month ago first part of August, and now it's 132. Two months ago, it was in 180. Now it's 132. Four months ago, it was 200. You see, so it's still falling. So be patient. Don't jump in. It's a very good company. Just be patient. Sean, thanks for the call. VMW is a symbol, everybody. Let's go to Roger to Kansas City. Kansas City, Florida? How you doing, Roger? Hi. Hello. That's, how's it going? Hi, good. How's it going? 
Good. I've, What's I've your question? I've been question on a uh, called Foot Locker, symbol FL. Foot Locker. So, okay. I'm trying to look, look at the, the numbers from Pingmiss.com, and some of the numbers look good on this. Um, it looks like pretty good uh, on the low end of its PE uh, on five-year range, and uh, it has pretty yep. good decent dividend, too. So, I'm kind of trying to mm. see what your thoughts on this, if you think it's a good value play, or oh. kind of wait. Okay. Sure. Okay, this is Footlock, everybody. Symbol FL operates 3,221 mall-based athletic foot and apparel stores in the United States, Canada, Europe, and Australia, and New Zealand. Okay, they're going to make uh, $4.71 this year. Uh, matter of fact, they've already made it. That's already been reported. So their fiscal year is over with, and they made $4.71. Next year, they're estimated to make four ninety three dollars per share, and the year after, five eighteen. dollars So about 5% growth each of those years. It's a $3.9 billion company, so about a $4 billion company. Sales are kind of on the flat side. There's zero growth the most recent quarter, 3% the quarter before that, 3% the quarter before that, shrinkage of 1%. So it looks like you know sales, from my point of view, have flattened. And really what you need to know, Roger, which I don't have, is I like to know what the same store sales. And these retailers, you want to look at the same store sales. So in other words, did your sales and your store last year increased this year. That's really a key uh, measurement of retail stores. Okay, so the PE is fairly low with a $35 stock and they're going to make $5.18. That's under eight. So it's around seven something and that's the very low. Very good return on equity, 22%. And it pays a 4.3% dividend, which it can easily pay. So on those things, that's pretty good. So, from a value point of view, this is a good value, Roger. Now, the stock recently fell three or four days ago from 40 down to the mid-30s, and it's at $35.73. I would like to see some strength come into the stock. I'd like to get above 38 before you buy it. I'd like to see some strength okay. come into and on it. The, okay. On the same same store sales thing, I think the recent quarter, they reported a little growth in that, like 2% or something, 2 to 4%. Do you think that's a good number? Okay. On the same... Yeah, that's a decent number for for a big company like this. That's a pretty decent number. Yes, you're, you're, if you're getting same store same store growth, that means Amazon's not stealing everything from them. Their stores can continue to to, to go. You know, so that's your biggest competitor is Amazon, right? I mean, okay. so yep. mm-hmm. appreciate the call. Thank you, thank you, Roger. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Okay, a list of the sector ETFs. I'm not recommending these or not recommending these, but here they are. I'm going to give you the symbols and tell you what sector they represent. I'm going to go pretty fast, so if you want to listen to the podcast to pick them up later because you can't write them down now because you're driving or something, okay. But at least you have them. XLC is communication sector. XLY is the consumer discretionary sector. XLP, consumer staples. XLE, energy. XLF, financial. XLV, healthcare. XLI, industrials. XLB, materials. XLRE, real estate. XLK, tech, technology. XLU, utilities. 
Okay, so that's the main. Now, these there's more ETFs with other for the same sectors. Okay, I just picked this list up. There's you can go and Google it. Give me the ETL, ETF list of all sectors, and you will get it. So these are not all the ETFs are out there for the sectors. These just is a grouping of them. All it, but they do represent all the sectors out there. So if you're looking for sector ETF to invest, there you go. Pick one. Now, notice I didn't have any foreign companies. I didn't have any uh, commodities. I didn't have uh, 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 currencies. You know, there's, so I didn't have them all. These are just, that's not all. Though, and there's lots more, right? I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk. So obviously, you understand the importance of unbiased guidance and experience. You know, that's why you could listen, I'm assuming. I encourage you to consider subscribing to the KPP Premium Newsletter. It comes out every Friday, written and distributed by me on Friday morning usually. Sometimes it goes a little in the afternoon, but most times in the morning. Depends on how swamped I am. In the newsletter, you'll get valuable information such as the week's market analysis, portfolio management guidance, stock ideas, and each Friday on Invest Talk, I'll share highlights of that number, that letter, newsletter, KPP Premium Newsletter. You should subscribe anytime at investtalk.com, and you don't have to keep the subscription. It can be you can cancel anytime you want. It comes out every Friday. And now I'm ready to take your calls and questions at 99 Chart. This is Invest Talk, and tomorrow, Thursday, August 29th, Justin will be welcoming a returning guest expert to talk about real estate. His name is Chevy Ackerson, and Chevy is a leading real estate professional. He has also served in the capacity of investor, advisor, and agent. Chevy flips properties, and he's helped a number of investors grow their long and short-term rental portfolios. So get your questions ready. Chevy Ackerson will be here tomorrow. And now Steve Feasley is here taking your calls and questions live. 888-99-CHART. Okay, let's go talk to Jeff in Indiana. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? I am good, and thank you for the call. Um, thank you, and I appreciate your all's podcast. I love it. Um, so, Steve, I'm in my late 20s, um, and I've always had, you know, uh, like a S&P 500 in my 401k mixed with mm-hmm. mid and small cap. And with my Roth IRA going forward, I mean, I'm looking at probably another 25, 30 years long-term investing. And with the climate in the business cycle that we're in, you know, I would say a recession is going to hit in a year and a half, two years at farthest length. You know, people are talking about buying gold or buying silver or defensive, maybe ETFs. But for a long-term yes. investor like myself, who I've had, I've had BTI ever since. You know, a lot years ago when I was younger, um, just turning twenty. Would you just stay the stay the course, or would you? I mean, looking at it as a long-term investor, would you even even change it around or just stay the course? I've heard, you know, Warren Buffett say stay the course. Um, if you're long-term, I'm not even more close to retiring. So is it best just to stay the course, keep putting money in, or, you know, should I buy, you know, defensive ETFs like consumer staples and utilities? And uh, I'll let you answer. Thanks a lot. Okay. Appreciate the call. And the quick answer is, yeah, you stay the course. 
Okay, that's a quick answer. Um, I just gave you a list of all the sectors, and what you should do is your portfolio should be a sprinkling of every of every one of those sectors. In other words, you have a, a, a stock or two or three in each sector. Uh, you to be defensive. You, one of the ways you're so young, you can just stay the course, and you'll be just fine, even with the S and P 500. Okay, you don't have to worry about it. Um, but you know, if you wanted to be defensive. How you would do that is you rebalance your portfolio, and in your rebalancing, let's say something that you own got out of whack or something, but and got way higher or way low, you know, you rebalance, okay? And in an act of rebalancing, you might produce some cash, and then you can what you do is you you in different economic cycles, if you know how that works, and you mentioned that you felt when the next recession was come, it would be nice to have some cash on the sidelines to invest in the depth of a reception. But I'm not suggesting you get out of stocks because you don't know when the recession is going to come. You don't even know if one is for sure coming. I think one is, but we don't know. What if what if it doesn't happen and you got out of stocks? See, you should never try to time the market. What you should do is pay attention to the economic cycle and how that relates to the stock market cycle. And all you should do is rebalance your portfolio. And at times, if that rebalancing means you're pretty late in the economic cycle and you want to be a little bit more cautious, just don't reinvest that money. That's all. Just leave it a money market until... Now, the trick here and the most difficult thing for people is to actually invest it when you're in the depths of the reception. Recession. They can't do it because it's scary. You know, everything's falling apart. You don't want to invest. And that's actually when you should be investing... At that, that's the most opportune time. Warren Buffett does it. <laughs> so, good question, though. Thank you for the call. Okay, Amazon-owned doorbell camera company Ring has quietly forged a video-sharing partnership with more than 400 police agencies across the United States. The arrangement grants participating police departments access to homeowners' camera footage and a powerful role in what the ring calls the nation's new neighborhood watch. So, they can, you know, these are these are cameras on your on your on your front door, looking out at your driveway or your walkway when people walk up to your. So, uh, so that's what this is. Very Big Brother like, don't you think? Hmm. No one ever thinks about that anymore. Not even talked about. Officers don't receive ongoing or live video access, actually. Homeowners can decline the request also, which Ring sends via email. This program is likely to fuel broader questions about privacy, surveillance, and expanding reach of tech giants and local police. As I said, big brother. For those who read 19, the book 1984. Maybe you guys, maybe we need all need to reread it. I haven't read it in long decades. So, this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, just one, to help you achieve your financial freedom. And to do that, I need your help. We're going to continue to do it right after this break. In the help I need, you need to call eight 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 ninety nine chart. Good advice. Spread your money around. Stick to a well-thought-out plan for carefully divvying up your money so no single calamity will destroy your portfolio. Want to talk about it? 888-99-CHART is how to get through right now. Hi. 
On the next Invest Talk, according to an analyst for UBS, cash is still a bad idea for investors. Instead, you need defensive strategies. That story tomorrow. But now, Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. My name is Stephen, calling from uh, Canyon Lake, California. I've got a question about silver. I've been buying the ETF SLV, and I want to know what you think of it. I already have gold. I've got shares of GDX. But I've been buying silver in the SLV, and one of the reasons why was because of I've researched this gold-silver ratio, which apparently has historically made silver very cheap compared to gold right now, and I wanted to know what your opinion is on it. And I appreciate your answer. I'll be listening on. I love the podcast. Thank you. It's great. Now, I think I talked about both silver and gold some time ago. And I know I've talked about gold for all, for all of a part of last year and into this year. Um, and I think silver, I think both of them were, they were going to be a good investment this year. And they, it turned out that they are one of the best investments of the year so far. And I still like them. I still think gold and silver have a ways to go. I don't think it's over. Now, it's had a very nice run. Silver, the SLV ETF, Exchange Traded Fund Seeking Performance Corresponding to the Price of Silver. It's had a, you know, it's had a very good run. The most difficult part of gold and silver ETFs is when to get out. Do you do you hold on to them forever? And I would say no, because historically, long term, they haven't been the best investments. Corporations have been, okay, not not metals. But I do think they're at the beginning of a cycle uh, of these metals, and I think it, you know, if we can get inflation or we can get if we can get the dollar to fall a little bit, I think these will continue to move up. Right now, they've been moving up on fear, economic fear around the world and slowdown of economic economies around the world. And ours, too, slowing down, but others are going into recession. So that fear is driving these prices right now. But remember, silver and gold have the precious metals have three things that drives them. That's the dollar. The weaker the dollar, the higher they go up. The more inflation that we have, the higher they'll go up. And fear. Now, silver has one little extra component. You know, it you know, it has some utility. In other words, it can be used other than just look nice. Gold is not, does not. Okay, gold has some too, but it's much less than silver. Okay, so yeah, I think I think I think it's a good place. Don't don't get overinvested. Don't get overexcited about being in it. You just never know when it's going to turn around and come back down on you. Okay. Um, I was talking about looking for solid dividend-paying stocks and what you need to watch out for. And I got got three things for you here. First, industry disruptors. What do I mean? So you can buy like, I don't know, let's give an example. Ford, GM, Chrysler, they always pay dividends. They've been around forever. So you think you're going to last forever. But there's a disruptor coming in there, and that was Tesla with a new electric motors and electric cars all electric and these three behemoths ford chrysler and you can talk about mercedes-benz everybody else are falling way behind uh, on this okay and so that's kind of disruptors so you're looking for disruptors in a company that you're investing in for the dividend what's going to upset the apple cart for it being able to pay the dividend 
Watch out for high payout ratios, which we just talked about, right? Anything over 60 would be a high payout ratio, unless you're a REIT or the same investment trust, then it's going to be 90. But you don't want to get trapped into a company that's paying 80% of its earnings in, in the form of a dividend. They can't keep that up. And be, be wary of your short-term outlook. Don't worry about the short-term when you're buying a blue-chip core dividend-paying stock. The short-term is not something you worry about. Not. You're looking at how is the ability to pay the dividends over the long haul. Yes or no. Have they done it in the past? Yes or no. That's your job. Look that stuff up. Okay? Now, one other talking bit before we close. Or do I have time? Um, uh, there was a survey... Was a survey of 60-year-olds? I might have to save that for maybe Friday's show. That's what I'll do. I'm Steve Peasley, everybody. This completes another Invest Talk program. I will be in San Jose tomorrow. I've got seven appointments, and that's going to really destroy my voice. Hopefully, I'll be okay by Friday. Justin will host the show tomorrow because I'll be there. I'll be gone. And remember, we have the real estate expert Chevy Atkinson coming in. You can ask him any real estate questions you want. He's been around a while and knows it all. So have your real estate investment questions ready. Have a great great evening, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.